On this week's episode of the Compete Everyday Podcast, I talk about setting goals, setting expectations, and being competitive throughout your life with none other than Captain America. What's up, competitors? Welcome back to a brand new episode of the Compete Everyday Podcast. My name's Jake Thompson. I'm the founder here at Compete Every Day, and your host each and every week on the Compete Show. I'm glad you're here. Today is a special day as I get to welcome a friend for the last decade, CrossFit Big D owner Chase Ingram. You may be familiar with Captain America as he has been at multiple CrossFit Games regionals, the CrossFit Games, as well as he is the voice and does live broadcasting for the CrossFit Games at their Opens, Regionals, and at the official CrossFit Games. So you're familiar, you'll have heard his voice announcing the plays if you have anything to do with CrossFit or you are from Texas or the South, you're familiar with Chase's work or his gym. We had a great conversation today about his athletic history, which involves swimming, a triathlon, being in endurance sports, his transition to being a CrossFit athlete, and then the big transition that a lot of athletes and a lot of people struggle to make, going from being that athlete, being that focal point for people to being the coach. And having to be the person that, as Chase puts it, open up his playbook of secrets, being able to give away all of his knowledge, all of his information to help others succeed. It's a valuable conversation for the people in our audience that are trainers, coaches, but here's the thing. If you have a job, if you manage people, if you direct people, if you own a company, the information and knowledge Chase shares is incredibly valuable for you as well in ways that we build trust with our teams. We set expectations for those team members. We address fears. We do everything we can to help them become their best self. It's a fantastic conversation we had, uh, and I think you're going to get so much value out of it. Before we dive into the show, a couple reminders. If you are not on our email list, you missed out on this week's big announcement. That's right. Everybody on the email list got first word that we have released a spring collection. We have released some brand new items and designs. And here's the key. For the next two weeks until February 24th, you can pre-order any of these new designs and save up to 25% on styles. We brought back the beat yesterday. We have the classic and new styles. And then we have brand new designs like the lifestyle, forged by hustle, fate, create your own, and more. If you go to competeeveryday.com, check out our spring 2020 collection and find out how you can save up to 25% now until February 24th. On February 24th, we'll receive all of our stock. We'll be shipping those items out to everyone and prices will go back to normal. Discount codes will go away. So you can save 10% on one, 15% on two, 20% on three items or 25% on four items from our brand new spring collection. All the discount codes, all of the information you need to get there, get shopping is available on our website. Also available at competeeveryday.com slash collections slash spring dash 2020. So don't miss out. We have limited size runs on all of these. We are not reprinting and restocking them. So once they are gone, they are gone. So if you wait until after the 24th, you're going to lose out on your chance to get the savings up to 25%. And you may honestly miss out on getting a shirt or tank in your size. So check it out. Tees, tanks, crop hoodies, crop razorback tanks, and more available as part of our spring collection. 
And as always, you can save up to 25%. If you're looking at something that's not in the 25% collection or not in that spring collection, please support the show using the discount code podcast. It'll get you 15% off any order at competeeveryday.com. We still have a few slots available in our 2020 club. We have a restock of gem flags and banners, as well as some brand new wristbands with different messages, including disrespect the impossible, your focus determines your fate, which I will get into on a future episode, and more. All of that available at CompeteEveryDay.com, so support the show, use the code, and now let's get into talking about how we can be better to win our work, our workouts, and our life by having a conversation with Captain America, Chase Ingram. Chase, old time yeah. friend. What's up, buddy? Hey, man. How are you? Good. I've been looking forward to this conversation. I've had you penciled in to have you on the show for a while. Uh, listeners that are used to the CrossFit space, especially in Texas or at any of the major events, CrossFit Games to Wadapalooza to what you've been overseas as well with some events, uh, yes, yes. may recognize your voice uh, on <laughs> air. So, Tell everyone a little bit today who Chase Ingram is, and then, man, we got to dive into your story. Oh, uh, I mean, basic level is just a guy that fell in love with CrossFit and helping people and, you know, husband to a beautiful wife who gave me an amazing son and is about to give me a, a daughter in less than 10 days. Other than that, you know, I, I do get to kind of chase the broadcast dream a little bit with the CrossFit Games uh, season. And other than that, I'm just, uh, I don't know, I'm just a, now I'm just a boring old guy, just try, <laughs> just try not to hurt himself in a CrossFit gym anymore. <laughs> Sounds like all of us just don't get hurt lifting. Yeah. Well, okay, so on that note, what's the dream sport? If you could be a play-by-play -play oh. guy on a, or color commentary on a, on mm -hmm. your dream game sport, what is it? Oh. Oh, yeah, inside or outside CrossFit, or just out. Well, I was gonna say like. outside of CrossFit. We know you're you're calling a ton in that. So, what what other sport would you want to do? Man, that's a great question. I've never been asked that question before. Um, I don't know. I actually, I mean, without sounding cheesy, is I love being able to broadcast CrossFit events. Um, what so? Why so? I it just I have fallen in love with this sport, with this training methodology since day one. Um, and then the fact I can get more in depth in any way possible is, is a treat. You know, some people just get to work out for an hour or, or watch things on TV. Um, I get to live inside a gym and be behind the scenes during these amazing events and meet incredible people. Um, so I think for what I do on a daily I love what I do. And plus on the other side is like, I love football, college pro. We'll see what the XFL does on Saturday. Yep. <laughs> but uh, I think I would lose the the joy of just getting to experience that. So I'm just going to stick with, you know, I, I, I have the dream job yeah. and, and that's in all aspects of CrossFit. So one thing I find interesting about that, especially what you're doing and what you talked about is the sport of CrossFit is very different than the business of CrossFit. And, and mm -hmm. you as a affiliate owner very much are heavily involved in the, the business side and then you get to broadcast and talk about the sports side. 
I don't think a lot of gym owners, especially early on, distinguish the difference between the two. Mm -hmm. And so from your standpoint, what has kind of that evolution been on your end of going from athlete, very competitive in it, to obviously owning your own affiliate and having to switch gears, switch mindsets a little bit, uh, to now being have or having that well balanced look of here's the sports side, here's what I broadcast and enjoy, but here's the business side of what really CrossFit is about. That on the outside, people always meld it into one. Yes, they. You know, in the end, we all circle around the same you know focal point, and that's just health and fitness. Some people do it um, to the extreme, and I mean that in a positive way, of what maximum human potential looks like with uh, fitness and nutrition and sport. And then there's the, the reason why we all do it. And that's health and fitness. And that's, you know, I always like to go back as fitness for life, you know, in two aspects, I want to do it for my entire life till the day I die. And I want to do it for my everyday life um, and just become a permanent yes man. Right. And it, no matter what comes up, I, I can say yes to that. Hey, can you help me move? Absolutely. Do you want to go play basketball? Yes. You know, and so being able to, I think the, the advantages is that coming in, you know, we, we forgot to preface, I started as a really bad CrossFit athlete. Well, and then, I wouldn't say and that. Then, and then slowly worked my way up into a competitive athlete for a, a small flash. Um, and then being able to help run a gym before I opened up my own gym, before I got into the game side from a broadcasting perspective and even did seven years on seminar staff is that being able to spread myself across the entire spectrum has really gave me a good perspective of the importance of things and that number one, health and fitness, just getting, you know, they say, you know, getting out of that sedentary lifestyle and just getting into the gym and get moving and to see the value of that and what's possible all the way up to say across a games athlete is kind of fun to watch people take those journeys. And the fun part is, is that I've been, the starter, I've been at the peak, and I know what it takes to do everything else in between and the importance of that. So for me, it's, that's kind of the fun part is that I try to take everyone on their own personal journey because that's what it is. It's not a one size fits all. And it's definitely, you know, the 99% of health and fitness versus that top tier percent, which is the sport. Yeah. Well, and, and the one aspect I've always found interesting over the last 10 years, we'll say, is with the sports side, it's grown so dramatically in terms mm -hmm. of the output and, and what athletes are able to do that, man, we flash back to 2011, we're at a ranch area down outside of Houston in hundred degree heat. <laughs> and you're just, you're looking at the people that make the games and you're like, these are the people I work out with every day. Like they're just ahead of me to where now, if you go into a gym, a CrossFit gym, like the people that are going to regionals in the games, it's another level. It's, it's the oh, difference yes. between a high school athlete and a division one or NFL type athlete. Like there's a strong gap. And so you having been able to watch that progression, I'm curious from your side, personally, how you've dealt with it with your members, perhaps in terms of, Oh, it's, I'm just on the edge of making regionals. Like it's right there 10 years ago to now it's like, Hey, listen, it's a whole different world. How do we approach those expectations? For me is I'm just brutally honest with people. And I, I don't try to do that to, as I tell people, it's like, I'm not saying you can't, I'm just saying what it's going to take. You know? And so you're, you know, when people come up, it's like, Hey, I want to, now it's, you know, it used to be a regional athlete. And now it's sanctioned events. Yep. And 
you know, sanction events. I want to be a cross the games athlete. 10 years ago, it was like, yeah, let's just work out really hard and we'll probably make it. And, you know, I try to put that in perspective with people is that a decade ago, those athletes and I was one of those athletes won't even be your top competitive guy just in a normal affiliate. And, and so the game has completely changed. So when you have those people that are eager to maybe be more heavily involved with sport is I'm just very upfront and honest with what it will take to do something like that. And uh, that kind of clears the air right off the bat because they either accept the reality and then take the next step either. Okay, well maybe this isn't for me or no, this is something I really want to do. And so whatever Avenue they want to go down, I will lead them to it. You know, I, I've done that in the past. You know, I've got myself to the games 10 years ago, which is a lot easier back then. Um, and I've got other people and teams to the games to regionals and things like that. So it's more of just being like, here's what it's going to take. Here's the upfront truth. You're not ready, but this is what it will take. And if you do these things, you might be able to do it. And so I think for anyone is this, it's not white gloving your members or even your competitive athletes. It's honesty you know, and being upfront of what it takes. And that could go to this aspect of, I just started CrossFit. I want to be able to do this workout, say, as prescribed. I'm like, well, it's not going to happen. Not today, at least. Yeah. But here's what it's going to take to get there. And so I think with that honesty comes this almost trust aspect between you and your athletes, no matter what level they're at, is that I know where you're at. I want you to be there just as much as you. Here's what it's going to take. Whereas if you feed them a bunch of BS and they don't get there in the time frame that you said they would or they thought they would, you lose that trust. So I think it just comes down to is like being very open and honest with your athletes, no matter what level they're at. Well, and, and I would say that same type of conversation and approach is incredibly useful just in corporate America for the people and teams you're managing, because you probably have someone on your team that's ambitious to grow within your organization. And they think, I mean, a lot of people, especially younger, have that mindset that it's a lot faster than it actually is. And mm -hmm. similar to gaining that strength, it's going to take time, but you have to be upfront and honest. Here's what it's going to take to get to this position. One of the, I, I can't help but think as we were talking, uh, like in my head, I laugh at like the 2012 regionals in San Antonio. I think the team event, they threw out like 225 squat cleans. Mm -hmm. And people were like, or hang cleans, people were like, What? Yes. And now it's like, oh yeah, that's warm up for most of the top athletes. Like no big deal. Mm -hmm. But that's how far it's gone to where that shocked people when they rolled yes. that out to now it's like, oh yeah, that's a minimum requirement for you to even be considered at sanctionals. I'm curious having gone through the stream because you were an endurance athlete before CrossFit triathlons, yes. right? Swam yes. in college. Yes. <laughs> so yeah. So you've been around sport, competitive sports most of your life. And I'm sure similar to me, the competitive side of CrossFit is a real draw, especially early. Like you mm -hmm. love the idea of chasing fellow people in the class, the clock. But over time, you transition of, out of being that competitor to how can I be the best coach? Mm -hmm. Mentally, what was that process like for you? Because it's really hard for a lot of people to get out of that athlete side and go mm -hmm. into that coach servant leadership mode. Uh, as well as they feel like a part of their heart or soul is missing. And so I'm curious how you dealt with that uh, because you seem to have done it really well over the last decade going from so involved on the athlete side to saying, how can I help and serve the people that are in my gym and the athletes that want to go to that level? Uh, it, it was, uh, 
to me, honestly, is a very simple transition. Um, when I was trying to be competitive, I would look to what other athletes were doing to see what their competitive advantages were. And then when I was just an athlete, before I even became a coach, I had these like tricks and these um, uh, schemes and these strategies for workouts that made me the best that I was that would invent maybe make me better than others who didn't really understand it. And then once I became a coach, I kind of resolved myself to the fact is that, you know, you, the word coach, I mean, you're also, you're there to serve, right? You're there to serve, you're there to support, um, and you're there to teach and build, not just athletes, but just human beings in general, especially in a CrossFit gym. And so I realized I had to give away all my secrets. Um, and, <laughs> and at first it was a little hard, but then I realized that as everyone else got better because of that, I got better. And so I was in that athlete coach cycle, you know, say the, the rising tide lifts all ships is that as you make everyone around you better, that in turn, they lift you up in the same way. And so when that first started, that's kind of where I transitioned to now as more of the coach role. I mean, I'm 37. I still to my detriment physically try to compete with the 24 year olds in my gym that recover much faster on a daily basis. So like a bunch of Wolverines walking around. And then the next day my, you know, I'm Mr. Glass in a wheelchair rolling in because I try to do Helen in seven minutes again. Didn't work out. Um, but now I have a personal responsibility to the people in my gym and it's not just the competitive athletes. I invest myself as a competitive athlete into my coaching through my athletes. So when someone celebrates their PR snatch, I celebrate that with them as if I did that myself. The fact that I could have any part of that whatsoever of that journey means more to me as a coach um, than it ever did as an athlete. You know, as an athlete, I expected to do well I expected to be successful, to win, to compete at the highest level. Those are expectations I had for myself. As a coach, to just have someone take another step forward, those things are unexpected. You know? And so to see someone celebrate that um, means more to me on a personal level than anything I ever did individually. So for me, it was a very, very simple transition. So I get to celebrate athletes accomplishments every day more than I ever did by myself it's you know it's funny you said that because you are the second person that I've heard say that that way in terms of how you made that switch and why you made that switch and the first is is a mentor of mine uh this his name's Michael Port he was the speaker coach I trained with in Philly years ago Michael was one of if probably still one of the best keynote speakers in the country, uh, or if not the world, he's done it all over. And he said when he started teaching and working with other speakers to help them be better at their craft, he came under the realization, if I'm out competing for these people in jobs, I may not give them all my secrets when I'm teaching mm -hmm. them and I'm doing them a disservice. So I'm gonna stop going on stages and keynoting so I can help these, this next generation, these other people get to their best. And I'm 100% okay with being in that role. Like I'm okay opening those secrets because I wanna help them that raise, mm -hmm. rising tide raises all ships. So it's very unique I heard you say that because I remember Michael saying it and then seeing him do it in action. 
And every time that we get to go speak and do stuff that we worked with him, it's a win for him. It's that same approach. And so uh, I want to commend you on that because it's very unique, but it's the only the second time I've heard it. Uh, (laughs) the The other piece I'm fascinated by in this conversation is over the last handful of years, I've had torn lat, torn Achilles, partially torn quad. Injuries suck. You've had a yes. ton of injuries as well throughout your career. And, yes. and as I had a conversation just yesterday with somebody, it's not the physical rehab that is the worst. It's the mental. It's getting mm-hmm. back to where you were. It's the idea that you're limited. And for a lot of people, when they roll an ankle, they get injured, they just don't show up and go to the gym because mm-hmm. in their head, they can't do everything. So why do anything? But mm-hmm. with most athletes and competitors, it's like, I've got to do something. How did you deal with all of your injuries from a mental perspective to stay positive throughout that process? But more importantly, just to remind yourself, I can still do something, even if it's not everything I want. Mm -hmm. Uh, So the first major injury I ever had was in 2012, um, I had to have shoulder surgery from an injury I actually sustained in high school. Um, I separated my shoulder playing basketball. Don't put swimmers on a basketball court. I mean, it's, it's the worst idea. We we're a bunch of, it, it looks like they're wearing flippers when they're running, but they're just wearing shoes. It's, it's so sad. Um, but I ended up separating my shoulder in high school, never knew it. And with that, I still swam another six, seven years competitively, um, triathlons and then got into CrossFit. And so as you get better, you know, you start to lift more weight, you start to do more reps, you start to have more intensity. And I just noticed my shoulder started to feel really off. And there was no moment in CrossFit that happened. And when I went to the doctor, it's like, well, when did you separate your shoulder? I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. And then I can, you know, look back and retrace the steps and you find out that's the moment. And so what I ended up doing is I actually competed with a fully torn supraspinatus rotator cuff and my biceps tendon had about five percent attachment left in it all on my right side and that was hard because i had just come off the games of 2010 and i just missed the games in 2011 and so 2012 was going to be kind of my you know learn from what happened in 11 and bounce back for 12 and then before the seat right before the open started i got an MRI and the, the news that I was going to have shoulder surgery in two weeks. So that was tough. That was really tough. And, you know, there's those doubts like, am I ever going to be the same again? Yep. Who am I without competition? Who am I without being a games athlete? You know, because swimming, I was just a guy in the team and did my thing and triathlons. Like I made us nationals, but I never went. Um, and so I had some success there, but in CrossFit, it was the most success I'd ever had in my life. Um, especially making the CrossFit Games at the time was, I mean, that was my Olympics. Yeah. You know, my dream was always to make the Olympics as a swimmer or a water polo player. Um, so I, I quote unquote did it. And now I was trying to hold on to that. And honestly, what I did was I created a blog. Not for anybody else, just for myself. It was basically an online diary. And I just kind of logged my daily feelings as they kind of came in. It wasn't a structure. It wasn't anything like that. And that kind of helped me cope with the injury that I had. So fast forward about a year later, 
um, you know, I'm, I'm cleared. I, I stuck with the program. I dialed everything back to an nth degree because I just wanted to get my life back, not necessarily competitiveness. And, you know, qualified for regionals and infamously went from like the best guy at regionals halfway through to the deadlift box jump workout for the second time in three years to the worst athlete yet sustaining a different injury. But um, that kind of helped me get through that. And then the cool part was I started to meet people that were going through the same shoulder things. And I kind of backtracked through my, you know, injury diary. And it just gave the real raw emotion of what I was going through at the time. I had good days and I had really bad days, but I put it out there. And so when people started reading that, it actually, they told me it helped them because of the honesty of the situation. And I think most people's problem with anything they have in life is the expectations that they set for themselves. Yep. And so if you set unrealistic expectations, you're really just setting yourself up for failure and disappointment. I set my expectations as I just want to be able to put my arm over my head straight up yeah. without pain. And it wasn't always easy. I failed multiple times to try to keep my composure, but I was upfront and honest with that. And so what I learned was that setting an expectation when say some adversity happens, whether it's an injury or a life event, you know, uh, jobs, families, um, trying to set a realistic expectation of what this means and what it could mean down the line is kind of what helps me navigate those injuries. And, you know, I still deal with stuff like that. And it's not a product of, uh, it's more a product of just me sabotaging myself physically. <laughs> Is that, yes, this hurts, but I really want to do this workout for no reason, as hard as I can, which sustains that problem even further. So expectations of, you know, I'm 37 going on 38. I'm about to welcome my second kid into the world. Setting an expectation of what my fitness should look like moving forward to accommodate my life that I currently have is one of those that I'm currently kind of working with. And I feel like I've recently turned the corner in like the last year. I was like, oh, I can be that competitive master's guy with a kid. And that really wasn't working. And I was like, well, how about I'm just like that healthy, strong dad who can pick up his son anytime he wants to out of the bathtub and not have to worry about his back. Or, um, and so that has been kind of cool. It's like switching that competitive mindset, changing my expectations of what my life is going to look like moving forward on the sports competitive side. Um, and just realized that now my CrossFit career is shifting into that fitness for life category where it's being able to play with my son anytime he wants to, right? Saying yes to that question, um, being able to play with two kids as they get older, saying yes to that no matter what. Um, so shifting your mindset and shifting expectations sounds easier than it is to do. Um, but that's just kind of what I've been working on. And I do the same thing with the athletes that are in the gym, right? Set some expectations early, being honest with where they're at and where I think they would be and then moving forward with it. And, and curious on that note. Uh, so I'm glad you started going there. How do you set those expectations in a way that pulls them out of their comfort zone a little bit? Because we know for a lot of us, the, we understand growth mindset when it comes to the physical sense. We get it in a gym. If I work out, if I eat clean, I can get stronger, I can get more in shape. 
that mindset doesn't always translate to the other areas of life, at least initially. Mm-hmm. But the beauty of CrossFit as well as with other sports is once you start seeing those gains and those things you can do in the gym, it really does help from a mental standpoint in life. And so I'm curious how you, when you're setting expectations, you set them in a way or communicate in a way that helps pull those members just outside of their comfort zone a little bit at a time. So when we have, I like that question because I, I've recently been kind of preaching this to our, our classes and our members is that, you know, say someone is nervous for a workout and I finally sat there. I'm like, this is such a treat that you get to experience this emotion because 95% of the people in this world do not get to experience this primal fear or this nervousness, or this excitement, just over something as simple as a workout. Just waiting to hear three, two, yeah. one, go. Right? And like, and so when you kind of twist it like that, it's like you just, I mean, you are experienced, like you have been given a gift and an opportunity to experience something some people never get to do. And as they pull themselves out of that comfort zone, no one likes to be nervous, no one likes to feel awkward, no one likes to be scared, no one likes to feel bad, no one likes to feel um, worthless. Um, or, or be a failure. And when you set those expectations, like you are here for this class, you cannot fail. There's only 125 of you in this facility doing this right now in a city that has 2 million people in it. And you, you have already succeeded. So now once we've taken that step into success, let's see what we can do with it. And that's getting outside of your comfort zone. It's like, okay, try this. And if it doesn't work, that's all that it matters. That's all that it means. Doesn't mean you suck. Doesn't mean you failed. We just tried something. And so I turned that comfort zone into, well, I try to break those down. I was like, well, what are you worried about? Well, I'm worried about sucking at this workout. I was like, well, what does that mean? I don't know. It's like, it means nothing. Okay. Right? I don't want to miss this lift. I was like, well, why not? I was like, well, it means I'm bad at it. I'm like, no, it just means you can't lift that weight yet. Right? And so put it, turning it into something exciting, right? Managing those expectations is like, yes, I think this is how this is going to go. I was like, well, why don't we just try it? You know, run yourself into the ground instead of pace yourself out for the next 20 minutes and just see what happens. And so when you turn that into an exciting journey with people, it's like dive into the unknown because some people don't get to do that. And they all, everyone kind of has the opportunity. I want to say everybody does, but there are people who will not take that opportunity to experience something out of their control. And I feel like the more you do that, the more confidence you build that it's not going to go wrong. And it's not necessarily building confidence in little things that are going right, because I think that can be fleeting. I think it's building confidence that it's not going to be as bad as you think it's going to be. Right, the expectations of it's either this or failure, right? Kind of that cancel culture mentality. I was like, no, it just didn't work. It didn't mean anything other than that. It just means we get to try something new tomorrow. And so, twist that mentality of instead of chasing the small successes, because once you've been successful at something, it's like once you've done three pull-ups in a row, I immediately move to five. So what did you celebrate that for? Like you just won the Super Bowl. It's like, yes, it worked. On to the next one. Or if you tried for three and only got two. I'm like, hey, it's better than one. 
and you thought you were only going to get one. And so when you start showing them that there is actually no failure in trying, there's just learning. That's right. I think that builds more confidence in someone than always giving them a treat just for trying something. Like there's no, you don't get points for trying. Participation you, trophies? What? Yeah, you, you get points for falling on your face and then getting back up. I'll give you a dog treat for that one. Right? But I'm not going to give you a treat because I the expectations were we were going to do three today. And we didn't do it. So we're just going to try tomorrow. But if you don't get it, you didn't fail. You'll never not do it again. And I think quelling people's fear of failure as if that's a permanent status is the way to get people out of their comfort zones. Yeah. Well, I mean, and, and you, you hit the nail on the head is that we always have this gigantic fear of what failure actually is going to be like. And it's never anything like that. Everybody's going to laugh at me. I'm going to be an embarrassment. Most people are like, what happened? Oh, no big deal. Whatever. Like yeah. we just imagine things and let our minds run wild. So on that same note, before we wrap up, you obviously have the members you're pulling out of the comfort zone. You're teaching mm -hmm. that growth process. How do you handle the members who are constantly comparing themselves to everyone else in the gym? Uh, <laughs> Cause that's a challenge, especially yeah, in CrossFit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I make sure they do it in a healthy way. It's like, cause unless you have context, yeah, there's, you know, but I, I do like them to say like, Oh, I always look at, um, this guy at the five o'clock every time I come in because our times are the same. I was like, you don't even know that guy. Yeah. You're just looking at a time on the board. How do you know if you're selling yourself short? Yeah. On a whiteboard. Right. How do you know what his day was? Maybe he's been sandbagging for five years and you've been chasing this guy. Yeah. And, and so I, I see when people do it and I acknowledge it right off the bat. It's like, Oh, this person beat me. I was like, and, I was like, they're, it's either like, well, they're better than you. So well, I don't understand why you're upset. Or it's like, yeah, but what you don't know is that they skipped half the reps today. They didn't write that by their name on the whiteboard, did they? Yeah. And so when you don't have the context, it's kind of foolish to compare yourself against anyone. Now, I'm the first person to compare myself against every pipe-hitting guy and girl in this gym who can throw down on the whiteboard with everybody. But I also have context with my performance based on other people. If I'm winning every single workout in the gym, especially as the 37 year old coach and owner, I'm probably not doing my job as a coach and owner yeah. with a bunch of 25 to 30 something year olds who are in way better shape than <laughs> me. Um, and so when you have those people that constantly judge themselves based off other people's performances, you just put it in perspective for them. Right? It's like, Use that competitive comparison to drive you, but don't let it determine how you judge your own personal results. And so I don't see it as that very of a complicated issue because yeah. it just kind of circles back to the beginning. It's like, I'll be very upfront with my expectations for you. I'll make sure you understand the appropriate expectations for yourself. I'll tell you when you're doing a good job. I'll tell you when you're doing a bad job. I'll tell you when you can be doing something better, even though you don't think you will can. And so it just comes back to that open communication line between you and every single person in your gym. You know, for me, it's like, 
I know every single person's name who walks in the door of my gym. I write it on the board myself. I know what they're good at. I know what they're bad at. I know how they should scale. I know when they should stop scaling it so much. And I know when they shouldn't go that heavy. I don't see how hard it is <laughs> to have those conversations on an individual basis if you truly know and understand the athletes that you have in your gym. Yeah, no, absolutely. So the magic question that I know everybody listening wants to know is where did the nickname Captain America come from? Oh, man. Fortunately for me, it is not one that I gave myself. So Which I like to hold on. Very much seen by all yes. of the memorabilia behind you. Oh, yes. I don't think. So here's the fun fact. All of this back here, is, or I guess you can't really see it because we're on a call. But I mean, you got I, comics, hats, action figures, socks, you name it. It is Captain yes. America, Steve Rogers back there. Yes. Um, all of this behind me has been given to me over the t like decade that I've been Love doing it. CrossFit. Um, okay. So the nickname came from, I first started doing CrossFit. And, you know, nowadays everyone is so quick to want to compete. Uh, uh, it came in as like, people would walk in the gym. Have you ever done CrossFit before? No, but I want to go to the games. I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's how it used to be. Yeah. yeah. And when I started, I, when, after my very first CrossFit workout, which was Fran, <laughs> it was in December of 2008. I didn't come back for three months because I got my ass handed to me, one. Two, I was like, I'm not coming back to a gym like this until I'm in shape, which is the dumbest, the dumbest thing. But everybody's idea in their Every, head. Still, 10 years later, it was like, oh, I got to get in shape for CrossFit. Yep. Like, no, 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 let, let me, let me. Yep. You, you do this to get in shape for CrossFit. Um, so I came back and I think I, so I started officially full-time February of 09. And it was in November, my buddies were doing a competition in Houston called Oktoberfest Obliteration. Yep. Matt I think Muncy's it's still going. They, yeah, they, the old CrossFit champions. That's right. And, um, and this might have been the first one or the second one. I don't know. It was one of them. And they're like, hey, we're going to go do this competition. We want you to come. I was like, no, I'm not, I am not competing. I'm not ready. This is a horrible idea. And then a week later, I was like, well, we signed you up and we're leaving on Sunday. <laughs> and so it was uh, to two of my friends from the gym. One was the best guy in the gym. Um, his name was Ant. And that's all we called him. And he was just this pint-sized beast of an athlete. And then another buddy of mine's name is Neil. He actually ended up opening a gym in Beaumont a couple of years after that. So we go to this competition. Long story short, I make the finals in this event and I'm in first place. God knows how this has happened, <laughs> but it was first place by a substantial margin. And I was like, okay, well, I have a chance to win this or I can blow this. I've never done a CrossFit event before. We're now in the finals. So I sat there, I had my, my CrossFit Dallas Central t-shirt in my left hand and I had a Captain America shirt. It was like the bust of, it was like fake yep. muscles because I didn't really have any at the time. And I had that in my right hand and I had this conversation in my car. I was like, okay, you have a chance to win this event, your very first CrossFit event. 
you can either put on this gym shirt and if you lose, no one's really gonna say anything about it, right? But if you put on a Captain America muscle shirt and no one knows who you are, you better freaking win. That's <laughs> there, is, there is no other option. You know, this Captain America is my favorite superhero growing up and I got this t-shirt for my birthday. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna put on this shirt and now I have no option other than to win this event or look like a complete fool. Because <laughs> you don't wear that. No. You just get your butt kicked. Oh, yeah. I mean, everybody sees if the guy walks in with the superhero shirt, you're like, mm -hmm. uh, you better mm -hmm. be good. Yeah, like, who do you think you are? Yeah, that's right. Bro. Uh, so I put the shirt on, and I, I ended up winning that final event, like, handedly. And at the time, you know, CrossFit Media was basically a bunch of outside. It kind of, it's kind of like turned back to that now. Yeah. A, a bunch of outside contracted companies. And there was a CrossFit Media team. Well, not a CrossFit Media team, just a startup just media there. team there. Yeah. Um, Webb Smith was a part of it. That's, we're talking old, old Sick school guy right there. Way back in. Sick fit. Sick yeah. fit. That's who it was. Okay. So the old Sick Fit days. So they see me finish the final. They see this dude wearing a Captain America shirt. Has, no one has no idea who I am because, you know, the names have already been established locally in Texas. Yeah. And when they announced the winners, when they're handing out the prizes, they didn't say my name. They said in first place, Captain America. <laughs> and it was like a boyhood dream come true. <laughs> that I got to Where's my pretend shield? to be a superhero. I actually have one in my office. Ah, right impressive. And the with helmet the hel and all. With the helmet, yes. Uh. And so the SickFit guys took that and just ran with it. Yeah. And so that, that is where the Captain America um, nickname came from, is just uh, that one event. And then since then, it just spread like wildfire and you better believe I'm going to take that and run with it for the rest Absolutely. of my life. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Dude. And so, yeah, that's how kind of how it started is, you know, putting myself in a position of um, win or go home and I won. <laughs> you know, it's, it's funny how those lucky shirts, those special items put the added pressure or power in us, however we want to mm -hmm. look at it of like, yeah, this is, you know, people have that shirt that's like, when I'm going for a PR, this is the shirt, the shorts I'm yep. wearing because of just how it makes you feel. Um, I still, I still got things. the shirt collecting dust in my drawers, but <laughs> you know, maybe one day I'll bust it out again. Right, get out of retirement. Man, yeah. well, hey, this has been a blast. For anyone listening to the show that wants to follow along your work this year, I know you've got mm -hmm. some upcoming events, travel, um, and obviously you post a ton about your awesome life. Where can we find you online? So on Instagram, it's just at Chase underscore Ingram. Um, and that's about as overly complicated as yep. my social media stems. Um, I post a lot of, to my wife's not enjoying, I post a lot of stuff about my son um, on stories. So if you want to see a kid in his element, or if you want to see me annoying my wife with my <laughs> Hey Ashley series, um, you can watch as my impending um, divorce 
<laughs> unfolds in front of the uh, entire world because I won't leave her alone. <laughs> Love it, man. Love it. Well, and for anyone listening, if you're ever in Dallas, drop in, go visit the guys over at Big D. Man, uh, it's been a lot of fun to watch you grow, watch your gym continue to grow over the years. If I didn't live like an hour or 45 (laughs) minutes from your gym, I would actively be there falling apart physically and all. I would still be there. But we we could do that hand in hand, my friend. That's right. That's right. It's been We've been uh, we've been at this together for a better part of a decade, and I've I've enjoyed to watch your success grow. And as you have evolved from the you know just a guy making some t-shirts and stickers to what you do now, man. So I'm I'm really proud of you too. So thank you for letting me be a part of it, dude. You bet. This was fun. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Compete Everyday Podcast. As always, don't miss your chance to get in our spring collection and save up to 25% off. You can find out the details at CompeteEveryday.com. That offer expires on February 24th, as well as when those goods are sold out. They are not coming back. To get in touch with me or the show, email me at podcast at CompeteEveryday.com. And as always, keep competing every day. Keep growing into your best self and crushing your goals. This week, when you work, your workouts, and your life. I'll see you next week.